Man, great to see you in the house of God. Hope your week was well. And we are kicking off a series called Fearless. Someone say Fearless. Fearless. And I'm excited about it. Um, I want to tell you two things real quick before I get into my message uh, this morning. Um, tonight, someone say tonight. Tonight, we have a great man of faith coming to, to minister to us uh, tonight. It'll be very different service from this morning. And uh, he's one of the campus pastors at Life Church, Pennsylvania. And uh, that church literally over the last three years has gone from 1,200 people to about 4,000 people. Uh, one location now to five locations. They're doing some incredible things. And so I'm just believing uh, tonight's going to be an incredible night uh, for all of us. I've kind of given him permission. Hey, pray for people and so forth. So listen, t- uh, Sunday night, our Amp Up night will always be, uh, it's always a great night to bring someone to church. Uh, there's no question. When you bring people to the house of God, they're going to uh, make steps of faith. But secondly, um, Amp Up, our Amp Up nights are also really for us to make that little bit more room for the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Lord to come and, and touch your life in a powerful way. And so I hope you'll, you'll make some time and maybe DVR some football or whatever it takes. And uh, then you'll, you'll make it out tonight. And secondly, before I I get into it. Uh, two, uh, my wife was just at um, an awesome women's conference in New York City and was really praying for God to do some specific things in her life. And, uh, and, and I don't know if just favor ain't fair, but anyway, one of the women of the, of, uh, the conference who was like an intercessor of the conference, literally last night, she wasn't going to go last night, felt like the Lord wanted her to go, goes to the conference. One of the intercessors of that conference literally wrote her a note, found her and so forth, gave her a prophetic word just about her life and ministry and stuff. And so my, I think my wife's going to be speaking Tuesday night at our um, team night. And so it's, it's for every team leader. It's for every uh, person who serves in our church. But she just wanted me to invite you to come out to it because uh, there's, when my wife is amped up, you just need to be around her because Jesus is going to show up. Can I get an amen? And uh, so I just think God's going to do something. God is going to do something. Can I get an amen? And if you bring expectation and faith, God will do something in your heart. And, uh, and, and many times it's not enough to just go, hey, you know what? I'll send a friend and why don't you tell me what they said? I find that that doesn't work. They're like, you know what? He, he told me Jesus loves me. And you're like, I know that. And it, 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 sometimes it's not what you say. It's actually what you feel and what you experience. And, and you're like, it's, 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 like uh, it's like, hey, I don't want to kiss my girlfriend. I just want you to tell me about it. You're like, no, you, you need to experience it, if you know what I mean, right? Uh, you need to experience And you need to experience God. I don't know if that was an awkward illustration, but whatever. We're, we're going with it, and uh, it's good. Are you, are you with me? Okay. Let me see. I'm using my Mac today. It's a little bit different. Come on, can we stand to our feet, then we're going to read, and then we're going to pray. Um. We are kicking off a series, Fearless, and to be honest, I wrestled almost all week because I just didn't want to do a sermon series that was kind of tokenish, kind of um, like token answers and, and, and uh, like tidbits that you kind of know already and, and, uh, and stuff. And, and I really just wanted, I was just praying, God, would you show up? And um, God, would you do something in me first? And many times God needs to do something in you first. And then he's going to do it in the church. And I just feel like, um, isn't it weird that I was kind of like 
fearful of being talking about fearless because I was like, Lord, I really need something good. But how many know God's always good? And so He's got something good for you. 1 Samuel chapter 10 says this. When Samuel had all Israel come forward by tribes, the tribe of Benjamin was taken by Lot. And, and then he brought the tribe of Benjamin, clan by clan, and Matri's clan was taken. Finally, Saul, son of Kish, was taken. But when they looked for him, he was not to be found. So they inquired further of the Lord, has the man come here yet? And the Lord said, yes, he has hidden himself among the supplies. Someone say, that's embarrassing. They ran and brought him out, and, his, and as he stood among the people, he was a head taller than any of the others. And Samuel said to all the people, Do you see the man the Lord has chosen? There is no one like him among all the people. Then the people shouted, Long live the king. Come on, can we pray by faith this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you and love you. And I just pray in the mighty and awesome, majestic name of Jesus that life would be in this house and your touch would be in this house. Spirit of God, breathe upon your servants right now. Breathe upon sons and daughters. Breathe upon someone questioning and asking and wondering. Breathe upon us. God, we need you. We don't just need to do a service. We need you and we need your word. And so God, would you speak to us how only we need it and the way that you only can. I pray this now in Jesus' name. And a faith-filled group of people said, amen. One more time. Can you high-five five people? Tell them they look good. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, our kids teams who make Kids Alive happen. Can we give Katie a hand as she leads our kids teams? She's doing an amazing job, and so all the people that serve in our church, and, and when you serve in any part of our church, our dream teams and so forth, you are bringing dreams of heaven down to earth. Can someone say amen? Amen. When I ask you the question, um, when I say I'd like you to be fearless, or what would you like to fear less, what would you give me the answer? If I said if there was one thing that you want to fear less... What would that be? Because here's what I found in life, all of us fear. And actually, I would say that often men are like, oh, we don't fear, but yes, we do. And the reality is, I, I, I want to give this illustration. When I was six years old, my uh, brother and I went to a pool. We bumped into friends of ours. Well, actually, they couldn't have been friends because uh, you'll understand why in a moment. And uh, we bumped into two kids who were our age. Somehow we got into a discussion. I was six. My brother would have been nine at that time. And for some reason, I don't even remember the story. But what I do remember is I started choking this young boy. And we were in a pool. And I started dunking him in the water. And he would gasp up. Uh, uh, and I'd dunk him again and so forth and dunk him. So obviously he wasn't my friend. And um, then my mother walked around the corner and I'm dunking this kid like this in the water. He literally was in the water and I see my mom I'm like, <sighs> I didn't do it. I don't know who was that. There was an octopus under the water was dragging this kid down and so forth. But what I want to say to you today, church, is that fear would choke the faith out of you. Fear would choke the life out of you. Fear will actually have you gasping for air when God wants you strong. Fear will have you 
uh, so far limited to what God would intend for your life that you and I must address this thing called fear. Are you with me? Yeah. Um, I would actually say that one of the greatest inhibitors to the body of Christ period around the world today would be fear. We live in a culture of fear. Even USA Today said that people were voting either for Hillary or Trump many times based on fear. Fear, probably Trump's going to do something crazy. Fear on the other side, if you know what I mean. And so we can be motivated by fear. Um, There's healthy fear though, isn't there? Um, I have children and I want them to have a healthy fear of the road. Uh, I regularly tell, hey, look left, look right. I'm still doing this with my son. He's seven. Shelly's five. And if they ever run across that road without looking, they better fear their daddy. I'm telling you why, because it can happen in a moment. You can lose your life in a moment. And so I'm afraid that they could not respect the road. Occasionally, they'll be playing on, on our front lawn. And I might even ask them a question like, hey, what are you going to do if someone asks you to come in the car? And I hate that I even have to say that, but that's the reality of the world we live in. And so they will say something cute like, I'll kick him where it hurts, Dad. <laughs> um, I'll run and get you. I'll yell out. And I'm like, that's right. I won't let my, my son go to the bathroom by himself. Why? Because I have a healthy fear of weird things. Are you with me? Some of those things keep us safe. And, and so, for instance, how many lock your doors at night? That's a healthy fear. Um, how many of you, if you hear something um, creak at night, you put the sheet over your bed and you hide? <laughs> Unhealthy fear. Okay, a couple of us. At least some men were honest in the house. You're like, yes, I send my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe in guns, but she does. <laughs> um, if you watch the news media a lot, you're going to drink in fear. You're going to drink it in. It's going to, you've got to understand, because they're not just there to inform you, are they? They have to entertain you. They have to shock you, because otherwise you're not going to watch. You have 500 channels on your TV to watch. You have your phone, your iPad, you have all these kinds of things, and, and they need you, and you don't realize they're just trying to inform you. No, they're not just trying to inform you. They are infecting you many times with fear. I was listening to Stephen Furtick, Pastor Stephen Furtick down in Charlotte, North Carolina, and Charlotte went through a rough time over these last couple of weeks, and he said that one of the the statements in the newspaper was, Charlotte, a a city on edge. And he's like, no, it's not. He had to kind of reinform. Now, obviously, there's some protests and some things going on, but he just said, many times it's going to show you the worst, isn't it? It's going to show you the bad stuff. Um, How many of you perhaps even have irrational fears? Uh, I'll give you my wife's, because uh, she's not here, and I can pick on her. Uh, my, my daughter uh, today is the first time she's a uh, flower girl in uh, Caleb and Vanessa's wedding. They're getting married today. Come on, can we give them a hand? It's awesome. And um, anyway, my daughter yesterday was practicing walking down the aisle. However, she was having an irrational fear that everyone was looking at her. <laughs> and so she was kind of scared and she was kind of, yeah. and, and I'm like, oh man, I hope she's going to do okay today. And I'm like, honey, just look at me. Honey, just look at me. Anyway, my wife has an irrational fear of moths. It's completely <laughs> irrational. Driving in the car, 
And all of a sudden, you would think Satan just came in the, in the car. And she's like, ah, yeah. And she has a thing about things flying in her face. It doesn't matter how small. It, it's like, it can be tiny. She's like, honey, pull over the car, get a gun, and let's kill the moth. <laughs> I mean, she, she can get irrational about that thing. Uh, how many of you ladies have an irrational fear of a mouse? I know you do. Because about a year ago at a training day event in our church... I had dropped off. My child came back to shrieks of terror. I thought that the Grim Reaper had visited our church. I was out there and all I could hear was, ah, 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 women just screaming. Why? A mouse mouse somehow had run across here and and women lost their minds. And I I, I might, and some men. You're right. I I wasn't going to shout out. I wasn't going to embarrass the men. Might be one or two of you here today that may need to reevaluate what you're afraid of. I love this quote by Dr. Dave Martin in his book, The Twelve Traits of the Greats. He says this, The ability to overcome the fear of failure is one of the undeniable marks of greatness. He says this also, Procrastination is the natural assassin of opportunity and the exact opposite of courage. God wants you and me to be a champion, doesn't he? But we're going to have to deal with fear. And so I want to point out two men in the Bible. One of them got decimated and devastated by fear. The other one dealt with fear, was known as a bold man, but at different times of his life dealt with fear. And here's what I can assure you, church. You deal with it perhaps more than you think you deal with it. Um, and it'll stop you, it'll stop me. I've been leading a church now for 10 years, and I've noticed that fear is often by my side. I've had to go to God so many times when I'm like, Lord, I'm afraid, I'm scared, I'm timid about this, I'm not sure what to do, I need to have a hard conversation with someone, I need to lead in a way that I'm not sure, um, what do I do? And God, time and time again, He's just like, be strong, son. Are you with me? In 1 Samuel chapter 10, we read the passage of Scripture. Could you imagine you're about to get promoted to be the king and you're hiding from your promotion? Saul is a good-looking Calvin Klein model. This guy could be on Men's Health magazine. He's got to be about 6'10". The Bible says he's handsome, good-looking. And for some reason, the Bible says that when he's about to get promoted, he shrinks from it, he runs from it. So instead of thinking about perhaps his good attributes or the goodness of God, he's too busy thinking about his own insecurities and his own failures. And God is trying to promote the man, and he's hiding in the luggage. (laughs) Imagine that Instagram moment. (laughs) Hashtag, we found Saul. (laughs) Hiding in the luggage. And there's this big dude, comes out, could be an NBA player, all we know, can backward dunk, can slam like no one else. And there he is, and he's hiding. You can be successful in hiding. You can look like it's all together. But on the inside, you're hiding. Yeah. I can be hiding, but look like I'm putting out a bold front. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. Number one today, I've got a bunch of quotes for you, today, a bunch of numbers for you today. This will be one of those days. Take some notes. You won't remember them all. Number one is this. 
Fear shrinks our world. Fear shrinks our world. In 1 Samuel chapter 10, the Bible goes on to tell us, but some scoundrels said, how can this fellow save us? They despised him and brought him no gifts. But watch what the Bible says about him. But Saul kept silent. When you're a king, you don't keep silent. When you're a king, um, in those cultures, when someone speaks about you, you just go, hey, buddy, go kill him. And they do. He had a newly appointed king, but fear had kept him silent. Why does the Bible mention that fear kept him silent? Because normal behavior would have been, get rid of this character. And he has just stepped out. Fear shrinks our world. Fear takes away our voice. 1 Samuel chapter 11, verse 6, when Saul heard their words, watch this now, the Spirit of God came powerfully upon him and he burned with anger. This is what will be done to the oxen of anyone who does not follow Saul and Samuel. What's interesting about Saul is most of his life is, is, is affected by fear, but time and time again, occasionally he'd jump up and be bold. And then God had used him. Watch this now. When Saul heard their words, the Spirit of God came powerfully upon him. How many of you want the Spirit of God to come powerfully upon you? The Spirit of God comes powerfully upon you when you get yourself in a mode of faith. When you say, I can, not I can't. Saul put on courage and was anointed, but when he put on fear, he would come close to losing his inheritance. Number three. Fear of people will lead to disobedience to God. Fear of people will lead to disobedience to God. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 24, the Bible says this, Then Saul said to Samuel, I've sinned, I violated the Lord's command and your instructions. I was afraid of the men, and so I gave in to them. Now I beg you, forgive my sin. Come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel said to him, I will not go back with you. You have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you as king over Israel. He's the king, and yet he's afraid of people's opinions. How many of you have ever been afraid of people's opinions? Come on, put two hands in the air, and yes, wave them like you do care. Because the reality is, even the people that say, hey, I don't care what anyone thinks, I've found them to be liars. Because you and I do, don't we? Saul was thinking about what are they going to say? What are they going to think? And when you focus on those things, you will rob yourself of walking in God's plan. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. But fear is the substance of things dreaded for. Faith increases the expectation of a room. But so does fear. You just fear something different happening. You fear it going badly. How many men in here have ever almost asked a girl out on a date? But you feared it going badly, right? You feared it going wrong. Fear of people leads us to be disobedient to God. What's this verse in Scripture, 1 Samuel chapter 15? And the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. Someone say, someone say fear is a spirit. If you read the scriptures over and over again, you'll sometimes find that scripture will point out a certain spirit, a spirit of infirmity. What does a spirit of infirmity do? It, it causes sickness and disease. Another spirit would be in the Bible would be a lying spirit. 
You'll find that in the Old Testament, that sometimes that God would send or allow a lying spirit to get in the wrong prophets and they would trick people because of their disobedience. But a fearful spirit, Paul told Timothy, God has not given you a spirit to fear. So fear is bigger than you think. Fear is not just thoughts. Fear is not just I'm thinking about it. Fear has personality, doesn't it? Fear has shape to it. Fear walks behind you and says things to you, whispers to you. And if you believe it, he can hang out with you a long time. What scares me sometimes is that the Bible says that in one woman, she had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. How long can fear grip you? Actually, as long as you allow it. In Acts chapter 16, the Apostle Paul was dealing with a spirit. And the Bible says that he let it go on day on and day on and day on until finally he said, enough's enough. And then he said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, come out of her. And the spirit left at that moment. You see, you're not just afraid sometimes. Sometimes you're literally being affected by a spirit. Sometimes I'm not just afraid, I'm literally dealing with a personality. Haven't you noticed that fear as a personality just shows you previews? Previews of what's to come. (laughs) But those previews are always bad news. Previews, you're thinking about inviting someone to church and preview of what's to come and all of a sudden you see them looking at you. (laughs) Church, I don't want to go to church. Someone say preview. Fear clothed him. Um, King Saul actually ruled Israel for 42 years, but he ruled it with jealousy. And he ruled it with envy. And he ruled it with a controlling, fearful spirit. A number of years ago, I heard a message not on fear, but the man that was preaching the message leads a church called Fearless L.A., As he was preaching the message, for some reason, it felt like I just disconnected completely from the message, but the Holy Spirit began to illuminate in me all the little ways, small ways that I had allowed fear to affect me. Um, Because I believe that many times we're 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 not surrounded by fear in a moment for most of us, but it's subtle things. It's little things. What does that person think? And so you don't do it. What does that person think about me? And those things can actually consume us. Someone say, set me free. free. Come on, say, "Set set me free. Let's talk about the Apostle Peter. The Apostle Peter was bold. Man, this dude was the man. He was the first guy in Matthew chapter 16 to say, Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus looks at him and says, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, one who is heard from the dove, for, uh, for this confession is what I'll build my church on. He walks on water, but then later fears, doesn't he? But I don't care, you walked on water. I'd put that on my resume. Uh, any other comments about your resume? Yes, just see the final statement. Um, walked on water. <laughs> but what's so interesting, Peter heals the sick. Peter casts out demons. And then though, at the final night of Jesus' life, Matthew 26, verse 69, watch this now. Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard and a servant girl, someone say a waitress, waitress. 
and a, and a waitress came to him. You also were Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all. I don't even know what you're talking about. Then he went on out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the other people, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you are one of them for your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Could you imagine saying that about Jesus, who you'd been following for three years? You left your fishing business. You'd left everything. You told him, Lord, this morning you said, I'll never deny you. If everyone denied you, I won't. And fear shut him down. Number four, fear causes us to choose the road of comfort. It's easy to talk a big game, isn't it? But when a hundred soldiers are near you, You'll soon find out, are you strong? Fear cripples us and binds us. But he was fearful. But then on Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit pours out. And all of a sudden, this fearful man became a very, very bold man. Acts 2, Acts 3, Acts 4, Acts 5. Peter is bold. Someone say bold. Someone say, that's me. Someone say, I want it to be me. And Peter is bold, he's bold, he's bold. But here's what I've got to say about fear. Fear will come on back. You can be bold for six months and fear can come on back. You can be bold for a moment, but fear can come on back. Watch this now. Number five, fear stops us being a vessel for God. Galatians chapter 2, this is years and years later, Peter became obsessed what everyone else was thinking about. In verse 11, in the Amplified Bible, sorry, the Message Bible, it says this, later when Peter came to Antioch, I had a face-to-face, someone say face-to-face. How many love face-to-face confrontation? with him because he was clearly out of line. Here's the situation. Earlier, before certain persons had come from James, Peter regularly ate with the non-Jews. But when that conservative group came from Jerusalem, he cautiously pulled back and put as much distance as he could manage between himself and his non-Jewish friends. That's how fearful he was of the conservative Jewish clique that's been pushing that old system of circumcision. Unfortunately, the rest of the Jews in the Antioch church joined in that hypocrisy so that even Barnabas was swept along in the charade. Again, let me say it again. Number six, fear will come back. Peter's bold. Peter's been doing stuff on Acts 2, Acts 3, Acts 4 that, that, that maybe none of us will ever see. God willing, we will. But later on, he'd allowed himself to just think of what everyone else was thinking. Have you ever thought of what everyone else is thinking? Man, I've done that too many times in my life where I've been like, what's that one thinking? Or what, that, what, what is that one thinking about? And when you think about what everyone else is thinking about, it, it assassinates the purpose of God in your life. It assassinates you being bold. It assassinates you. It causes you to crumble. Let me say this now. Um, why do you need connect group? Why do you need serving teams? Why do you need church week in and week out? Isn't the Bible and the Holy Spirit enough? And I'd say this to you, no. Because who confronts Peter? Paul. 
Because there's some things you just don't see in yourself. Peter is being a hypocrite. Peter's being racist. Peter is not being cool. Peter's not operating in love. And Peter being a leader is allowing fear of what everyone else thinks to get in his head. It's not just affecting Peter, it's affecting everybody else. And the Bible says that everyone else started to get let up in the hypocrisy. Even Barnabas, one of the greats of the Bible, is being followed along. And what's so interesting is if you allow fear to ensnare you, it's going to ensnare people around you. Yeah. I remember years ago having a, a, one, of the, the, one of my circles of friends. It was funny. There were certain circles of friends. Man, I felt like I had such freedom to uh, follow Jesus among them, such freedom to hang out with them. And I'd get around another circle of friends and there was one particular individual who seemed to be the dominant personality of that group. And it seemed like everyone feared his opinion. You ever been in that circle? You walked into the circle like, oh, and for some reason you wanted his approval, you wanted him to like you, you wanted him to be good. I'm preaching better than you're shouting, let me tell you. See, it's not just high school. Sometimes we think, oh, it's just high school, you deal with the fear of man. No, it's life school. It is not just high school, it's life school. Sometimes, though, the only way we get out of the fear of people is we just associate with a different group. Get back in that same group and all of a sudden you find some fear start to rise up on you and you're like, oh, I thought I dealt with this. And all of a sudden you're acting like you're in high school again. Come on, somebody. Fear will come on back. He fears the Jews. Let me give you number seven. Number seven says this, when we love more, we will fear less. When we love more, we will fear less. Can I have the worship team come? I could encourage you to become more aware of His presence. I could give you spiritual lines like when you're afraid, you could just say, Holy Spirit, help me know that you're here. Um, I could tell you that you need to not play those previews in your mind and choose another movie. I could tell you to just... Speak boldly. And all of those things have incredible value, but let me share with you what I couldn't get away from this morning and, and this week. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16 says this, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. Can we read that aloud together? And so we know, come on, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. Come on, say that again. And so we know and we rely on the love God has for us. Now watch this now. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Verse 17. This is how we, this is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. But watch verse 18 says this, there is no fear in love. The perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. But here's the Bible's answer. Verse 18, the love or the one who fears is not made perfect in love. So I could tell you, listen, church, if you're dealing with fear, you need to boost your faith. 
I could tell you, you need to change what you're thinking about and your focus, and that's probably true. You need to change what you're confessing and, and so forth. But really, at the end of the day, what I have to say is, listen, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Could it be that when you and I are fearing, we're just not loving? See, when I love someone, I'm willing to have harder conversations with them. I don't just flatter them. I, I speak the best, but I'm also like encouraging them in their destiny. I don't sell drugs to someone if I love them. I don't sleep around with whoever and whenever when I love people. I can say no to those types of things if I love people. I can, I can pray for people anywhere, anytime if I love them, but if I fear them. See, I don't know about you, but I've sometimes been wondering, okay, how do I how do I invite this person to church? I've been thinking about it, I've been thinking about it, and all of a sudden, the preview in my mind might go negative. I'm like, oh man, what if they, they reject me? And what I realize is I'm fearing them instead of loving them. Yeah. How many have experienced that ever? Yeah. When we love more, we'll actually fear less. Uh, come here one second, Danny. Here's what, here's what love does, perfect love. Let's say Danny is a fearful guy. He is. Come on, give him the, your hardest, hardcore look in the world. <laughs> no, that's not it, man. That's not it. No one's believing that, okay? Okay, let's say he's, he's, he's fear and he's wanting to, come on, come, come wrestle me for a second. Come wrestle me. And the Bible says that perfect love, perfect love literally casts out fear. Literally, get out, get, get out. And, and, and perfect love has this ability to actually cast out fear. Get out! Get out, man! <laughs> exactly! Philippians 1 verse 9, Apostle Paul is praying for the church. He says, I pray that your love might abound. I pray that it increases. Uh, the Apostle Paul prayed in Ephesians 3, I pray that you would know how high and wide and long and deep is the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Then it says this, that you might be filled with the fullness of God. And so as we kick off this series on fearless, I don't want us just to attack fear. I want us to attack love. I want us to say, Jesus, man, I've actually been operating more out of fear than I think. And I'm asking you to overwhelm me, immerse me, and even baptize me in love. Come on, if you believe it. Give the Lord a hand. How are we going to take ground this year, church? Divine focus, divine love. Allow the love of God to get in your head about people. Allow, allow the love of God. And, and this is a regular thing. This is not an occasional. This isn't a quick fix. If the Apostle Peter deals with this years later after walking with God all that time, don't you think you and I would deal with it? Don't you think you and I would sometimes fear a crowd or a certain group of people? And you've got to be like, hold on, God, I'm fearing, but I should be loving. So help me love them and not fear them. And love, is, doesn't love just have a different preview? Love, you think about a movie that has love in it. You're just like, oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's gooey and it's happy and, and it pictures good things, but fearful things. And allow the love of God to touch your world in a new way. Can I get an amen? amen? When we love more, we fear less. When we love more, we fear less. When we love God more, we fear less. When we love people more, we fear less. 
Do you receive it? Yeah. Come on, do you receive it? Yeah. Heads bowed, eyes closed in this place. Let me just say this last statement to you. When we love more, we fear less. I'm going to pray for our church and I'm going to pray for me. And I'm going to pray for us that our love tank would increase and overflow during this fearless series so that we can truly take ground this year. But let me talk to you if you've never said yes to Jesus or maybe you're not right with God. If you love more, you'll fear less. Jesus was sent into this world as a loving gift, not a fearful gift. He doesn't want to condemn people. He wants to accept people and give grace to people. So all across this place, wherever you are, if you've never said yes to Jesus, you've never said yes to the one who's already said yes to you. In these moments, you've got to understand, you shouldn't fear God in an unhealthy way. You shouldn't fear God like you don't want to meet Him. You should fear God out of a reverence and an awe. But the love of God actually enables me to not fear God, but run to God in a moment. And so if you don't have a loving relationship with God, if you more fear God from a distance, stay away from me right now. I want to pray for you that your life would be transformed by His love. If you're far away from God, today you can come back. If you've never said yes to Jesus, today is your moment. We're going to pray a simple prayer. And listen, it's not the the power of the prayer, but it is something that happens with an authentic faith and says, Jesus changed my life. Jesus changed my world. Why don't we pray this prayer together? Jesus, today I accept your love. Fill me with it. I need it. I want it. I turn to you. I trust in you. Make me your child. In Jesus' name. Heads bowed, eyes closed in this place. Those of us who we know we're Christians right now, just begin to pray that your love would increase. That your love would increase. That your love would increase. That there would literally be an immersion of love over our church. When you love more, you'll fear less. When you fear more, you'll love less. You can't love people you fear. Father, I pray for your church right now that there would come a spirit of love about this church. And I pray for a divine focus, but a divine love that pours out on our minds and hearts and literally changes the pictures that we see of how we are to serve and love people and make a difference in our lives. We thank you. We believe you for it. In the name of Jesus. Heads bowed, eyes closed, just for a moment longer. Listen, if you said yes to Jesus, if you've run back to Him this morning, if you've never said yes to Him and this morning, you made peace with God all across this place. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'm just going to ask you, on the count of three, would you raise your hand? One. I love you. You've got a plan for your life. And two, three, right now, just slip up your hand and say, Anthony, that was me this morning. Man, I needed to come back to God. I was far away. I haven't been living right. I haven't been following Jesus with all my heart. Anyone here this morning just saying, man, I needed peace with God. I needed peace with God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for your people right now that they would be so blessed. And God, increase our love in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, if you believe it, say amen. Can we give the Lord a hand?